This is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. I'm Stevie Nelson, and to my left is Dave Horowitz. Oh, good evening. <laughs> you didn't know what you were going to say. No, I tried to, <laughs> you know, I always like to say something new. Yeah. Somebody did a, a very interesting image of us today. Oh, I know. I really liked it. They made it so I'm your ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very strange i know it they also picked the weirdest picture of both of us like i felt like i feel like anytime someone photoshops you on the internet they're picking the one photo that you're like i hope no one sees this ever yeah and then they use it a ton of times mine was from the one day i had that awful mustache and frank zappa soul patch for that short i made and they made it so my mouth was like broken yeah like like a dummy yeah separated and i was sitting on your lap it was really weird it is weird but it's nice. It is nice. It's a nice Makes gesture. Makes us feel like people are <laughs> really listening. listening. <laughs> How you been? Any uh, food or relationship updates? Uh, uh, I got it. You can just groan and moan if you want to. That can I, be an update. I got a. I got a. Uh, I am seeing someone. A new therapist. Woo! Oh, baby. That's a relationship I can get behind. Yeah. Cool. Uh, she seems nice. She asked. Uh, some questions I filled out some paperwork I forgot to call the person that I pay oh, yeah. so I haven't paid yet okay that's all right um but she seems great she seems a lot better than the that woman I saw yeah. that I, I think I talked about that on the you show did. she's very strange the one who wore capes and <laughs> told me that I was living in the past yeah and the witch that we were going to devote six full sessions to talking about my friend's death yeah that felt like excessive um <laughs> any food updates um, food updates, um, no, 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 that's no dietary right. restrictions I'm going to impose on myself this week. That's nice. That's an yeah. update. It's a good update. Mm-hmm. How about you? You just got back from a road trip. How did you eat on your road trip? Oh man, we eat everything. I mean, we eat very similarly. We don't like, we're like, we both don't eat meat. We eat fish. We eat a lot of vegetables. So we ate a lot of things that like rabbits would eat in a car, like literal Baby carrots. carrots. No, he brought full size carrots, which I thought was so strange. He bought, <laughs> we had like full size carrots, dried beets, uh, flax crackers, like it's stuff that no one would want to eat on a road trip. And we were both like two thumbs up. Wow, what a match. I know. Match made in food heaven. A match made in fiber. We had, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Uh, and that's also, I guess that's a food and relationship update in one. We spent like seven days in the car together. That's Didn't get in one fight. That's very rare. How is it even physically possible? You're just building up to one gigantic fight that's going to last seven days. Yeah, it'll be like 30 years from now You're and it will be a divorce. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for now, cha-ching. Cha-ching, how fun. Um, Our guest today is a writer. I didn't ask her how to introduce her. Oh, that's good. No, I like it. I'll coach coach you through it right now. Okay. Um, Our guest today is an author. Mm -hmm. She is a comedian. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is a raconteur. Oh. And she she likes food and some relationships. Great. Her name is Sarah Benincasa. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks for, for welcoming. <laughs> Thanks for welcoming yourself to our show. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It felt really good. Good. Mm-hmm. I should have done that. I should have done that for you. No, it's okay. I I used to be in a radio once upon a time. I hosted a show about sex and love on Sirius XM's Cosmo Radio, wow. which does not exist anymore. It was called Get in Bed. Five nights a week, three hours a night. 
Whoa. What? Are you kidding? Yeah, 8 to 11 East, 5 to 8 West, only on Sirius, blah, blah, blah. Whoa. Yeah, so so I am familiar with um, how you can go to a moment and be ready to intro somebody and be like, wait a sec, what? And I've yeah. had that moment. You have nothing in front of you. Like, I've had that moment with, like, a producer there and shit in front of me. Oh, my so God. So I'm like, hi. You, mm, hi how long, uh, how... How long did you host that show for? I hosted Get in Bed um, for from like fall 2008 to fall 2010. So it was a while. It was two years. Oh, wow. Two years, five nights a week yeah. for three hours every night. Mm-hmm. How did you do anything else? It was hard. I mean, it was great in the sense that Sirius XM has offices in New York City and then also in L.A. So I could come out here, and since it's only 5 to 8 here, yeah. I could go do comedy shows after. Wow. Or I could do meetings before. Um, when I was in New York, it was it was hard um, to do anything, really. So I wasn't really doing stand-up, but that's okay because I, I love writing the most, and I enjoy performing. But writing is my favorite thing. So I still had time to write. And I did yeah. a lot of web video stuff. And so yeah. I still managed to do stuff. I just wow. wasn't. Live performance um, is fun, but I'm not great at it. I'm okay. I'm like the way my dad is as a golfer. He's like a solid business golfer. But he's yeah. not Tiger Woods. <laughs> yes. I feel the same about live performance. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, it's fun. I don't. I feel the same way about everything. <laughs> yeah. Medium. I think I'm a business golfer at life. <laughs> I think I'm a business. I don't even know if I'm a business golfer at relationships. I'm like of a fun mini golf person when you're nine in relationships. Ooh, explain that. I just think that. Well, I was a serial monogamist for many years and was never good at it. Um, hmm. But what do you I mean? Was never really good into at it. it. I just was not. I wasn't. Um, yeah, I wasn't good at at setting boundaries or being the way I wanted to be. I think. Uh, a lot of times, I i mean, I was definitely codependent. Like, I'm in Codependence Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anonymous about it. But, <laughs> you know, I go to, I like to kick it at Al-Anon. And let me tell you, everybody I know from Al-Anon. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. And so I, I guess what I discovered relatively recently um, is something that seems obvious now, which is that when I would get involved with people who were addicted to drugs and alcohol um, or and or were like seriously depressed but wouldn't go get therapy or whatever it was that uh me like paying their rent or like literally cleaning up their puke or whatever it was wasn't actually angelic behavior that made me a better person Mm. it was me like scratching an itch and and you know uh feeding my own ego more that's interesting in addition to like acting out patterns that you learn when you're a kid yeah and just keep continuing to do them yeah once you think about yourself you get like really connected to the idea of of you i'm a i'm the good person i was victimized and then you can look at it and go yeah i was victimized and i also participated in being yeah in all this shit so you know and and that's not victim blaming uh for anybody else i want to just be clear about that because i don't mean that anyway but i'm talking about myself like yeah you know, I got something out of it. There's a reason I stayed in things that weren't working. Yeah, it fed you for a while. Yeah. And now you know better. Yeah, I do. So it's, yeah. it's kind of fun to be like, I was talking to my therapist and was like, um, she's like, what if you try not dating? We're recording in June, but she's like, what if you try not dating at all in the month of May? And I was like, like, like not going on any dates. She was like, yeah, I was like, that sounds awesome. And then I was like, but am I allowed to have sex? She was like, oh God, of course you are. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> this is great. Oh, that's so funny. That's a good question to ask because I would assume that she meant no sex too. Yeah, I think she um, she knows that, uh, that that's something that I, I have 
that that I, that I don't do in like an addictive way. Mm, so nice. it was like, you know, I had sex with like one person. It was great. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, I can still do this. Awesome. Yeah. And then it makes not dating fun. Not dating is fun. Not dating is really fun. I'm yeah. not on any apps. Occasionally, I'll just tell Twitter that it's my Tinder. Yeah. And uh, get asked out by like 17 really scary people and like one nice person. It's great. It's super yeah. easy. I'm just like, hi, I want to date. Go. And then mostly uh, I ignore it or pretend it's a joke and it's yeah. half a joke. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I've met some cool people that way, though. It's been really nice. Yeah, I feel like the internet is a great way, especially like Twitter or Facebook. It's a really great way to meet people you would never meet. I, I would have never met you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, I mean, it's super fun to 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 meet people that way because it's not like if you're not at the same parties or you're not moving in the same, like we have a lot of the same friends, but I'm yeah. not at parties a lot. And, I never and go to parties. And you're working a lot, I yeah. know, and I'm doing, you know, being a, a hobbit writing like a creepy hobbit person. Um, so it's nice. You actually get to meet humans. Yeah. And like I met Dave on the internet too. Yeah. 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 That's so it's cute. Really nice. We all met on the internet. Yay. Thank you, internet. Oh, yay. Usually I write in my like journal over and over again, fuck you, internet. Sure. Because most of the time I hate it. Every once in a while I'm like, oh yeah, there are things that are wonderful about it. It can be a place where, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you guys have experienced this because you are human beings in the world. But uh, if not, tell me no. It can be really tempting to look at things you shouldn't look at. Like yes. things that your ex or, or a friend who was not nice to you is doing. Yes. Yes. We well, have experience with that, right, Dave? I, yeah, all the time. Me too. Me I too. can't, uh, yeah. Even when you ask someone, don't look at my stuff, unfollow me, maybe delete things, mm-hmm. you can still see, I don't know, this is just a hypothetical. On Snapchat, you can see all the names of the people who look. Mm. Sometimes one of those names is, your is someone that you said, don't look at my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I talked to somebody who asked his ex to block him on everything so that he can't see her stuff. And she complied with that. Like they had a very civil conversation. Yeah. He was like, look, I don't want to, I'm not going to, he, he's not a violent person. He's not a stalker, nothing like that. He just was like, look, I'm going to look at your stuff and I'm going to be sad. You're dating somebody new. Can you just block me on stuff? It'd mm-hmm. be great. Because a lot of times if you block them, um, you can still go look. I mm-hmm. know. It's terrible. It's set up terribly <laughs> that even if you want really strict boundaries, you would have to ask someone else for them. Mm-hmm. I blocked yeah. my ex on Facebook because I couldn't stand seeing his name liking everything. Yes, that's hard to see. Come up. I had an ex yeah. recently block me on Facebook for the same, and I know it was for the same reason. Yeah. We didn't like go into detail about it, but I knew because I've done that to people, and it's not because you don't respect them no. or care about them necessarily. It's because it's hard. It like triggers things. Yeah, you're like, oh, God. You're yeah. Like, it stirs up heartbreak instantly. Mm-hmm. I texted him and was like, I didn't mean this to be a mean thing. I just want you to know it freaks me out to see your name still. Yeah. And I think that makes people feel better. It doesn't feel so, like, aggressive. Well, it also is a bit of an ego boost to him, right? He can go, like, I was so awesome at being yeah. a dude that, you know. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. When the reality is I just have really good boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's not about you. It's just I have good, healthy boundaries. In a month from now, it won't matter. It's yeah, crazy yeah. how just even, what, 12, 15 years ago, uh, maybe more, maybe 20, I don't know, but... Back in the day, a decade and a half, two decades ago, to have good boundaries, all you had to do was not call somebody's landline or drive past their house a bunch. I know. And now to have good boundaries, you got to do so much more. Yeah. And that, my friends, is why I have no boundaries. Yeah. Because the internet <laughs> because makes it. Because the internet. Yeah. It makes it so that you have to have 
um, boundaries on all the things. Like you have to be like, okay, let me delete this person on Twitter if it affects you. Most Some people don't care, which right. is interesting and weird to me. But like you have to have it on Twitter, on Facebook. I don't have Snapchat, but if I had Snapchat, Instagram. It's like there are so many things that you could see the yeah. person on. Your phone, your instant message. I used to share my location with my ex-boyfriend. So we would like know where each other were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've known a married a married couple that does that because it like helps with it's coordinating fun. It's kind of fun too because you can be like, where are you at? And like you can see it on the map. It's also kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Weird. yeah, it is weird. I understand it though if you guys had a business together or a child or perhaps a dog or something. No, we had nothing together. Maybe it just felt, did it feel mm. like brought you closer? I think it or was. Or did you not trust him? Were you like, ah. I think it was his attempt to... Oh gain to rebuild trust that he broke okay i and i think that was a piece of it and i think he thought it would help but it it actually felt like another piece of social media that i could look at it was like actually not a helpful thing like what are you doing there yeah and it's i think that somebody told me recently and one would think that after years and years of therapy i would know this but i guess that when we experience ptsd i have friends with with ptsd and and when we experience that um it's like our brain doesn't know Part of our brain doesn't know that the trauma um, happened in the past. So while Mm. logically I can sit here and go like, wow, a mason jar that I'm drinking water out of. Look at that. That's cool. Someone, uh, you know, uh, stole all my mason jars 10 years ago and it made me sad. So like logically I can know that this mason jar does not have to do with that experience. Mm -hmm. That thieving hipster, I assume, (laughs) in like Western North Carolina. Um, But but some part of my brain sees it and just goes, oh, it's that gut punch feeling. And that's, I think, what you're talking about when you see that person's name. Yeah, it feels terrible. Yeah, and you you can love somebody else or like them a whole lot and still like or love other people yeah it's a thing for me it's a thing that I used to not be able to see on the same plane like I would always be like no it's one or the other it's black it's white like Mm -hmm. you can't you can't really like someone and start a new relationship and also be grieving some sort of loss you can't do both and it's a this year I've learned you can do both and you can do them pretty well as long as you acknowledge they're both there yeah you can't pretend that they're not there no but that's fun right like being like I'm cool I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've no, done that. Everything is fine. I'm totally fine. This is great. Oh, I seem sad. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever fooled anyone in the history of my entire life of acting a way that I didn't feel. I Have know. you tried, though? Have you tried? Yeah, bad. I mean, yeah. Because it'll be like, uh, oh, there's a party. I don't want to go. And the front of it, you got it. You have to go. You just go and just it'll be fun. We'll have a drink. It'll be good. Just don't talk about it. It's fine. And I'll just say, I don't want to do that. It's not going to work. And they go, just, just you, you might surprise yourself. And then I show up in one drink and I'm like, yeah, well, I wasn't going to come today because I'm like, oh, no, I'm doing like, the Why thing. have I said the thing? <laughs> why, why am I, I saying this? Why did a half a beer do that to me? I don't know. I was um, seeing someone who I guess I can best describe as like, um, I've never done cocaine, so I can't describe them as that. But maybe like... Um, uh, like if Pop Rocks was uh, uh, also methamphetamines at the same oh time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you mean like as a style of person or like for you? Um, hmm, that's interesting. I guess I can't separate it out. Um, really fun and delightful and wonderful in so many ways. But like then then things start to happen where you're like, wait, I, oh no, but this is this is affecting me in negative ways. And then you start behaving in negative ways that you thought were nice at the time or kind or right. And you look back and you're like, oh shit. And so maybe it was more how they affect me. I don't know. Sometimes, I don't know. I, I, 
there are people I was talking to a friend today who has um, who is married to a lady a lesbians imagine mm. and the, I love those <laughs> and the lady has a has an ex who um, in some ways is really nice and in some ways is really not nice and we mm. were talking about how like maybe like Dave I could be a great influence on your life but I could be a terrible influence on Stevie and mm. and those things can be true also yeah it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird because you know how sometimes when people will say things like, we just weren't a good fit for each other or yeah. we brought out the worst in each other. It's such an interesting thing because that's real. Yeah. That's a real thing. Sometimes two people who are wonderful get together and highlight everything that's bad about everyone. And then sometimes two people that are pretty okay get together and they like highlight all the good. It's so strange. I've definitely brought out the worst in some people. Yeah, I, and I've I've just been garbage. <laughs> I've just been garbage, and also I think for me, um, you know, I moved out to I, I lived in LA from, from where I dwell now. Uh, I lived out here for two years and then went back with with a boyfriend that I had at the time back east and lived there for a year because he got a job back there. And then um, we broke up after you know on and off being together for several years. And I came out here in January, but was on the road a lot. And so it's only been since the beginning of April, um, so that's what April means, two months, that I've really felt like I was starting to settle in here. And part of what I've learned is that it's okay to be sad about things. <laughs> and yeah. that it doesn't make you a loser if you're sad about something in 2016 that um, happened in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay to, maybe you didn't deal with the feelings at the time, or maybe you did. You just still fucking feel sad about it. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people that put like a time line on sadness they're like it happened two years ago i should be fine now and you're Mm -hmm. like no there's no timeline for this weird emotional stuff like why do i still care yeah because you're human because you have a heart it's good it's a good thing yeah absolutely it feels terrible but it's a good thing i guess yeah being willing to sit with the garbage feelings is pretty weird well, even if it's not a good thing, it is a thing. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that it's real. So yeah. going saying, I can't be sad about that anymore Doesn't is do a anything. betrayal of your own instinct as a person because every, you can, I mean, trust me, I can I can dwell on anything if you give me enough time and a prompt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a writing prompt. Okay, yeah. you ready? This needs to be five paragraphs. Done. I'll give you 10. Thank God. I think as a as a writer as well, especially if you're working in memoir and and or um, a public speaker, as we all are, and as you guys are with the show, like you can you can you can ruminate a lot, and there's something to be gained from that. Sometimes financially or in terms of PR, like someone can say, like, "Oh my God, you're so reflective. This is helping me. I'm getting so much out of it." Mm -hmm. And it's like that's great. that's great if I'm if I've got my shit together. But if I'm just telling stories and other people are feeling better about their lives, but I feel like trash, that's yeah. not okay too. And my first book was a, I've written four books, and the first one was a memoir and called Agora Fabulous. And the most recent one was sort of a combination memoir, like funny self help book uh, called Real Artists Have Day Jobs and Other Awesome Things They Don't Teach You in School. And in both of those cases, I found that you relive it. You know, when you're a writer or a filmmaker or whatever it may be you you live something at least twice once when you live it and once when you recall it through art and then over and over again as people reflect back to you yeah their feelings about what you've done and with the first book it was really hard because I I got you know I wrote about a miscarriage and I wrote about um suicidal depression and the healing power of comedy (laughs) (laughs) so I got really depressed writing it and when people ask me now um what what's your advice for someone 
who is writing a memoir. I always go like get a get a shrink who you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really For good sure. advice. Yeah. I mean, it is because that's some hard stuff to relive. And especially if you're writing it, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to take something real that happened to you and craft it into something entertaining. And it's not that it's not therapy. No, it's not. You're creating art in some way for mass consumption. So it's not it may be therapeutic in some ways, but it also is it's, it's a difficult thing to do. How do you both of you because I th- feel like chances are I think you use the phrase years of therapy and I know you've seen someone for a while how do you quantify or qualify a good therapist I would say uh, my favorite therapist to this day for nostalgic reasons is the social worker to whom my high school referred my parents (laughs) in ninth grade and one reason that I dug her was that she listened and she provided um she listened she kept it private that's important confidentiality she was patient and she would also question my assumptions about things. And she would also uh, wouldn't, wouldn't tear me down or val- invalidate me. And I was 14, so that would have been easy to do um, by saying, huh, sounds like that was really hard for you. How does that feel like, how does that feel in your body? How are you feeling right now? And I'd say, oh, it makes my stomach hurt. And she'd go, okay, does that always happen when this feeling, like she helped me make the connection between um, the panic attacks that I was having and potential triggers and mm. how it felt in my body and talk to me a lot about strategies to um to not just deal with the symptoms which is the band-aid approach but what was underlying and she was the first person who ever said to me you know you're not you know you're not responsible for your mom's happiness right like if or your dad if they tell you something that feels really heavy or inappropriate or you just you can't handle it or whatever it is you can just say hey, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's stop talking about it. You know you can do that, right? Because mm. she knew I wasn't in a home that was, um, you know, physically or, or mentally abusive in a way that that would be dangerous. The, yeah. But wow. that's, that's revolutionary to be told as a kid. Like, yeah, at yeah, that's 14, huge. are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Imagine, have, imagine if every 14-year-old could have that piece of information. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, she was like, you don't have to fight. I was like, do I yell? She was like, yeah, you don't have to. Just, uh, just say it the way, just say, hey, this, isn't, this doesn't feel good for me. Uh, and I was like, can I do that with homework? She was like, no, Sarah, of course you can't fucking do that with homework. Um, but she was like, good question. She was though. like, you scamp. Yeah. Um, she was like, no, you can tell somebody this doesn't feel comfortable for me. I don't feel safe right now. I don't feel like I can help you. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about something else. Oh man. That That's is cool. a bizarrely revolutionary notion. I mean, that, that, it, it just, just thinking about being in that situation with your parents and being that young or even however, whatever age you are, I sometimes think about that. Uh, it's like a weird hypothetical fantasy scenario about high school where you can just, it's just like telling an authoritative figure, just, I guess, in hindsight, realizing, oh, that teacher was 26 and probably scared and confused also about life uh, being a, you know, ninth grade English teacher in the (laughs) suburbs of Massachusetts at a predominantly in a predominantly you know jewish suburb like whatever but i i realized like oh you could probably have just said hey what are you are you, are you sad i'm sad too you know what i mean yeah. any kind of like just treating these people because they're so they're bigger than you they're your parents they're your teachers i i feel like i would have scrambled my parents brains if i was like you know we just like shouldn't talk about this anymore yeah yeah and i know really them off. <laughs> yeah and i know that like i know that right now it seems like the thing that we need to be talking about but like just imagining like that like you know that my family's so dinner cool. table <laughs> yeah and I'm just sitting there thinking what happened to our son <laughs> like who taught him yeah. that yeah I think it definitely um 
was that for my parents for me to say uh this doesn't feel good to me to talk about i don't feel like this is my job uh you guys should talk to each other about it though was very wild and it's something that i had to you know reinforce over and over and over and over and over yeah and that i continue to reinforce yeah um, especially if it's their pattern where they over disclose or they talk to you about things that are too adult it's like it is something you're gonna have to reiterate over and over i still do it with my parents i also think about the fact that my when i was 14 um my parents were 38 and so I was born when they were 24 they'd been together since they were 17 and so there's a lot that happens in a family and a lot of growth I think about I'm 35 and I think about all the growing I've done since I was 24 holy shit and to have a kid along with me and two kids no less and to be in their case working full-time and taking turns at night going to college at night to get their master's degree and I'm like what the fuck this is too much like oh what and and to their credit they were pretty great about me being like I don't want to I don't think I should talk about this them they didn't get mad they were like wow yeah okay good point I love (laughs) picturing you as like a little girl just being like I don't think this is right to talk about right now. I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to be reading. You yeah, I was come like, get I'm me when for dinner time. sure reading Sweet Valley High. <laughs> and then also, and also like reviving Ophelia. Like yeah. definitely my, my social worker was like, here, read this. It's really going to connect with you. I was like, hell yeah. I remember there was one anecdote in the book about a young woman who was really depressed and really unhappy. And her parents were like, what do we do with her? So they sent her to a shrink and she loved Prince because the anecdote was from the 80s and so she loved Prince so much and the therapist couldn't figure out a way to connect with her except to talk about Prince and then to talk about like themes in his music and what it was about his music in this particular time that this girl connected with and that's how they were able to talk about some of the bigger issues Mm. in her life which is really cool and to talk about Purple Rain and like break Uh. it down it was pretty cool yeah (laughs) that's like um that's attunement right so like that's like figuring out a way to communicate with someone and like altering your communication style to attune to them. Because mm-hmm. they were so it, cool. It was just speaking another language. The girl was yeah. actually willing, once they got into Prince, the girl was willing to open up. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like the shrink was sneaking up on her. It yeah. was like a pretty easy in where the girl was like, all right, yeah, we can talk about it through the veil of like, yeah. you know, talking like, come. You know, you don't have to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Just get- be anyone's girl. Like, Let's talk about Apollonia. Yeah, what does that bring so up? What does good. that bring up for you? I have a pretty good relationship with my parents, um, although I get really stressed out by them. But I tell them that and they listen to that. And if they're stressed out by me or pissed at me they tell me that and I listen to that and we talk to each other which at my age I think is a win yeah <laughs> uh, yeah huge win. I'm like that's all right good job yeah team. my I- parents stress me out but I have a really good relationship with them yeah but their communication style stresses me out something would be wrong and I'll have to be like what's wrong why am I the adult here consistently <laughs> like pull it out what is happening I'm the one who's sick take care of me but Overall, they're pretty great, and they've learned a lot. They're they're working on it. I do find it's. I think about how truly bizarre it is the the you being like I was fourteen, they were thirty eight. I you know I'm thirty two. I got no kids. My folks were. It was. It's just. A, although I guess they had me kind of not late, but probably at thirty one maybe. Yeah. But just even to think like okay, at this point in my life or their life, they had a. They owned a house. Yeah, they had, I think they had a, I know. They had a kid who was like one and a half or one or something. 
just thinking about that where I'm like, oh God, do I do I buy a bed frame? The <laughs> bed skirt I bought is too long and oh God, maybe I'll just ball it up and throw it away. And I'm like, my parents had a kid. I know. <laughs> they it's had to so feed crazy. a kid. And I'm like, I don't have groceries, but I live a block <laughs> from a grocery store. Do I just eat 24s and Thai food? My parents had a kid. They, they were know. making food they for They kept kid. you alive yeah. also and to now. this day. Yeah. What's inter- it's interesting to me wow. that you're only 32 because you look 32, but you read like uh, as an old soul. Mm, interesting. Do you get that a lot? No. People think I'm younger and that I just like went gray younger. No, I don't know. That's I think that's really interesting. Let's tune in on Stevie and analyze her. Um, I feel like... I feel like Stevie is ageless. <laughs> Stevie has always been here. Time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have a very, I know we're performing in a sense, but you have a very like lovely kind of calm presence. Do you think of yourself as you. as a chill person or do you think that? Yeah, I'm real chill. You're real chill. Yeah. I like it. I'm, um, I can sometimes be read as like uh, unimpressed, like because I'm that chill, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm calm. I'm, I'm calm by nature. I've always been really calm. Like when you were like, when you were a little kid, were you kind of not kidding? I was like borderline silent, (laughs) didn't feel the need to talk and was, didn't, never cried and literally like played in my room alone. I've always been an introvert. Um, I've always been pretty calm. It's hard to stress me out. Like, I think I have a pretty big worldview. So like even the things that happened to me, I'm like, well, (laughs) <laughs> like it's okay this is fine this is gonna pass um i had a friend who, with a kid who was two i guess and the kid really was hardly speaking at all and the friend got really stressed out about it and somebody said to her she's because her it was clear that she could generate language and that she understood so it yeah. wasn't a developmental delay um and somebody finally said to her i think it was actually a, a doctor who a pediatrician who said to her she's gonna speak when she wants to speak because she gets, we've done all the tests in the world and everything. And once the kids started talking, it was like full sentences. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, it was just like, I prepared. wanted to wait until I got it right. <laughs> it's like, I've been like working this, I have like a type five <laughs> juice boxes that I've been working on in my room when you weren't around. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And the kid was just like, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, there's something really funny about that too. I was also a late baby. Like, I was born, like, two weeks late. Oh, wow. So you cooked for a while. Yeah. My dad was like, you were just so, you were like, I don't care. I'm just going to come out when I come you out. You are like, my lungs are so developed at this yeah. point, but I'm not going to use yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I was hyper developed. <laughs> I'm super chill. You were like, I'm fine with this. I, was so I think cash. I was late, too. Do you know if you were? I think I was right on time. <laughs> that would make sense. Prompt. Prompt. Here I am. I was a prompt baby. <laughs> My uh, mom went into labor. She woke up at 2 a.m. They watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. Or no, not Christmas. Uh, Halloween special because I was born oh. October 25th. The Great Pumpkin? It's the Great oh. Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which I, like I we watch one. every year. And um, she woke up at... For years, she told me labor wasn't that hard. And I thought that she was lying because I had heard often that this was not the case. Yeah. She was like, no, it's like taking... I remember being really little. She's like, you know when like you really have to poop? It's like kind of like that and I was like what she's like but you get a baby I was like this what yeah um she was like and the baby's great she's like oh I sang during labor it was great your dad was freaked out I was like what the fuck so then recently I found out within the past at least five years and it struck me she I was like what you know I had a friend who went through 36 hours of labor yeah I was like holy shit and I was like oh wow that's really rough and I was like you had it easy right she's like yeah I don't know why and I was like so what was it like for you and my younger brother Steve? She's like, oh, Steve took a really long time. I was in labor for six hours. And I was like, 
okay, bitch. Like, how long? She's like, well, we watched It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and um, I fell asleep with your dad, and then I woke up at 2 in the morning, and then you were born at 4.08, and I was like, you fucking bitch. Oh, my god! I was, like, mad at her by proxy it's for like, other women. Yeah, the easiest labor of like, all time. What? You were like, I don't understand how that happened. She's like, mm. I would have a kid if I was guaranteed that. Yeah, I would too, I think. <laughs> or like if someone was like, oh, you'll if have I was an hour. Rich. If I was rich too, and I had like a bunch, like a na- night nurse, and then like yeah. a day nanny, and then like, and somebody paid for punching everything. Punching bag. Yeah, yeah. A punching bag for sure. A lot of Xanax. Yeah. Somebody, like a wet nurse, so I didn't have to breastfeed, because <laughs> I'm like considering breast reduction. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with any of this. Yeah, no, it's like, too complicated Can I just do a lot of Xanax? <laughs> Maybe I should just get a Xanax prescription. Yeah, yeah, you can have people to hang out with you in the morning, in the evening, and do Xanax. You can... <laughs> You just don't need, you need to have a kid to do that. Oh, that's true. It's so awesome. I love it. It just means you're, you're going to be awesome <laughs> and on drugs. I'm so stoked. I was always really boring because I got a Xanax prescription when I was quite young. I was 16 and I always, I don't use it a lot. So every year I re-up it. Um, now it's Clonopin actually, uh, which is less exciting to most people. Every year I re-up it because it's like crumbled to dust and I've used it four times the previous year. And... Um, and uh, goddamn, I love it's so helpful when I have a panic attack. But the yeah. kids in college would always try to buy it for me, and I was like, "No, I earned this." Yeah, yeah, and also crippling you need depression it sometimes. and anxiety. Yeah, like I need this sometimes. Yeah, this is not for fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. not getting high, like or, or low or whatever off of this. No. Yeah, I was prescribed it for panic attacks a couple years ago, and I don't really get them anymore. But when I was, I was worried that it was going to be super heavy duty, and then I had like a super anxious situation. I was going to have to see someone I didn't want to see. And I took one and I woke up to that person being at my door because I had just, it had just you knocked napped. me out. Yeah. yeah. Which, well. uh, I, that's not, I don't really love when drugs make me do that. No, everybody and everybody's body is so different. Um, I find clonopin to be gentler. Some people find it to be incredibly intense and huh. definitely it's, you know, it's dosage related and some people manage it really nicely by smoking weed here in California where it's legal. Yeah. And everybody is a bit different. I think I have friends who are like, I just do this one breathing exercise and it works for them. Yeah. If I'm like driving and I'm super, um, tense i'll do a breathing exercise that helps me relax but a panic attack is so different oh yeah that's so intense i've only had one and it was like caused by something so it was pretty okay to calm myself down Mm -hmm. because you could go logically yes this this happened because of this thing this is normal yeah yes like it was i knew the cause and i was like okay but yeah that sounds so stressful yeah, I think I've been doing pretty well with it. Um, it was hard when I was in my early 20s, for sure, teens and 20s. But um, once I got on the right drugs and, you know, over time, I've adjusted them, certainly. Yeah, but um, which you have to do because yeah. your body gets used to them. Oh, my God. Your brain doesn't even I mean, there's a reason that a lot of times people with bipolar and schizophrenia don't present until late adolescence or the yeah. early to mid 20s. It's because there's a lot happening in your brain. You're not really locking in until 25, which is the yeah. least scientific way to explain it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, from when I started on Prozac at, at 21 to now, things have changed. Yeah. So to change gears just slightly, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about how you have, uh, sounds like a pretty good handle on just like panic attacks and even the medication you take for them and and coping mechanisms and being 14 and being able to super eloquently communicate your feelings to your parents. Uh, do you have a similar kind of restraint or approach to dating, would you say? Um, now, now, maybe. It's so new. Um there are people who who go through 
um, sex and love addictions uh, steps and stuff. And I'm not doing that, but what I've... And so there's a concept of sobriety and sober dating and that. And I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not doing that, although I think it's, it's quite helpful for people. For me, it's just uh, I'm in a place right now where I realize that if I go on a date with somebody, that can just be... Uh, that can just be it and I have to be okay with that and I have to be like I'm not going to go on a date with somebody if I think I won't be okay if that's the only time we go on a quote-unquote date yeah, or have smart. sex or make out and that's really different for me because my whole life I always since I was 15 I always either had a boyfriend or was like trying really hard to have a boyfriend or a yeah. girlfriend but mostly guys and so it's pretty weird to flirt and be like okay maybe that's all that is mm. yeah that's okay yeah just like kind of acknowledge it yeah, I, I mean, huh. I, I had sex with somebody who, 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 who was like, you know what? And I was like, what? And they were like, I'm going to leave some condoms here because I think that you're maybe going to go through a sexual revolution. I was like, do you mean you think I'm going to fuck a bunch of people? And they were like, no, I just feel like you're in a new place in your life. I was like, this is the deepest conversation I've ever had after fucking my friend. So this is great. Yeah, it's very yeah. healing. Uh, you know, and that was it. And we're just still friends and it's fine. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so then that's, I haven't actually been on a date date actually um in a while so you were taking may off and now it's june though so are yeah you i mean i took april off too man i went through a, a breakup um at the beginning of april okay. and so i really took april off but not consciously just because i was sad yeah and dealing with not just that breakup but one from you know last year and probably everyone i've ever had yeah. <laughs> finally like looking Compiling. at it and dealing with it and being like oh look at the terrible ways in which i behave not maliciously but just uh in ways not that anyone else would necessarily call them terrible but but they have terrible results for me so that means I need to change um so that was just April was like a lot of therapy and uh crying and then I had a book come out April 26th so it was also a lot of book promo congratulations thank you and then May was less crying and um just kind of being by myself a lot but also going a lot of like one-on-one coffee with friends Mm, that's Mm. nice it was great yeah and now it's June and I'm like people will say I think people want you to be in a relationship when you're not um, sometimes they'll be like, so are you on Tinder? And it's like, no, I'm not on Tinder. Why are you not on Tinder? Well, because I'm, I, I, when I'm on dating apps, somebody will reach out and talk to me about how much they loved an essay I wrote about suicide. I'm not <laughs> famous enough to have to deal with that. And like, I yeah. didn't get in, I didn't get into Raya. So I can't be with the other famouses and Instagram models and EDM DJs who could finger blast <laughs> me like behind intelligentsia. So what am I going to do? I think I'm just going to connect with real human beings. You can also why. just hang out behind intelligentsia and see what happens. No, I, fi- I finger blast myself repeatedly behind intelligentsia. <laughs> Good, good, because good, it just good, feels good. really like it feels first of all on brand second of all like it feels just sustainable you know yeah, yeah. like it feels yeah. super sustainable like yeah. i get to stand that finger blast and for it's a long the time. same amount of energy as uh, like an espresso from intelligentsia sure and what's weird is the behind intelligentsia is um is bar stella so i've been arrested several times <laughs> yeah yeah that's um, rough yeah it's been really difficult for mm, me so you're just that recently out of jail yeah, 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 yeah. I did it. I was late. I was 15 minutes late uh, because uh, I was in jail because they were like, why are you fingering yourself at Cafe Stella again? Yeah. I was like, like, I was in the bar section. It was different. It was different. It was darker. I was at the, was at the cheese place in Silver Lake. <laughs> well, we're happy this is your first stop from jail. I feel great. Yeah, that's you know? good. That's good. Oh, I had so much consensual sex in jail. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. So I feel really connected to this. Um and I really like food. I feel like yeah. I haven't really given you good. Yeah, let's talk like about food. food. Let's spend the next like 10 minutes talking about food. Cool. What's, what's, I mean, damn, food. 
It's a whole thing. How do you eat? What's your What's your story? Today I've eaten oatmeal. Mm. Um, That's it. Yeah, because I was uh, I was like I was in a weird sleep schedule today. Actually, it's all they gave me in prison. Uh, no, I was I was I was up I was up late last night working, and then today I awoke to like a business call that was sort of okay and sort of annoying, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do a do over and take another nap. Smart. <laughs> I did that today. Too. I was like, really? They're They're not okay sleep and then I woke up I was like this is fine yeah um so I am trying to I'm I guess I'm learning a lot about eating um and and what I put in my body uh I mean like I said I'm looking at um breast reduction surgery because my back has hurt since I I mean I have a g cup and people like I feel like maybe having a double d would be revolutionary yeah (laughs) I would feel like I was 16 again yeah so um and I'm five foot three so it's like a lot and so um, I'm looking at like being healthy so I can go through surgery and that doesn't necessarily correlate with weight loss, but it certainly correlates with what you put in your body. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. So, um, I eat a lot of vegetables and I love them very much. Me I too. love vegetables a lot. And do you eat meat? I do, but, um, I am an aspiring vegetarian. Cool. So I phased out, um, except for, I guess a couple times I've had it as a, like a treat, but I've phased out. Um, pretty much everything but chicken and fish right now. That's mm. great. And I'm working on I'm working on chicken. And yeah, I'm not the kind of I don't know about you guys. Like I'm I'm not good with going cold turkey on almost anything. No. I I I am, but if I I'm, only if I know there's a there's an end point. So I'll do a sober month. I'll do a no <laughs> bread, no mm-hmm. sugar, no uh, alcohol month. Um, and that's kind of all I can muster because if I know that there's an end in sight, I'm like, Oh, we're good. We're fine. Yeah. 30 days. I can do that. But cutting it all out completely is, no. is pretty foreign to me. Yeah. And it's been a recipe for destruction for me with, yeah. with almost anything. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't do anything that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So like I won't do a 30 day cleanse cause I can't do that for the rest of my life. Like, and I won't, I'm like very weird about it. I'm like, no, I'll just eat healthy every day. No, that's great. And that's just do weird. that. No, it's, it's a healthy relationship with food now. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I won't do anything that's not sustainable. I don't want to do a cleanse. I'm not interested in cutting out sugar. I like sugar. I'm not interested. Damn it. Stop pitching it to me. I'm doing something called shred, which I've done before, which has been great, which is basically uh, it's just it's the shred diet, which is an interesting term for it because it is a diet, but it's also just a good eating plan, which is just basically small meals, frequently good food in your body. It's a lot of cooking at home. Yeah. It is something that helps you, I think, break the addiction to convenience foods and um uh, so I'm starting that, I think. Um, I have to time it right. But uh, it's not... You can eat anything that you want. You just can't eat all of it is the best way to explain yeah. it. I feel like that's a great way to eat in general. That's mm-hmm. a, Yeah, that sounds like just a great way to do it. It's a lot of vegetables, a lot of cooking stuff yourself. Yeah. And you can have some meats. And, I mean, you can... Again, you can have anything, but it's not... You don't have license to have all of the anything. Yeah. And it's also good because, I mean, I come from a family with a lot of type 2 diabetes and it's related to lifestyle factors, but there are some families where people could eat just as shitty as my family does and not get that. But I, mm. I had a grandma who lost both legs to gangrene as no. a result of like poor... Oh my God. Yeah, it was a result of poor care in a... Um, in a facility that she was in and but that in and of itself was very much w- was because of type 2 diabetes and so that was really oh, devastating man. to see her deal with that and to see my mother go through that as her caretaker 
And so that certainly made a strong impression on moi. So when I look at at lowering my weight and when I look at the things that I put in my body, it has to do with that. Um, Because I've realized that people, I mean, I'm a size 14 right now. People want to fuck me all the time. People also wanted to fuck me when I was a size six. So I could be a zero and people would want to fuck me. I could be like a whatever and people would want to fuck me. So it's once I realized, oh, it's not about people wanting to fuck me (laughs) no it's about like not dying yeah that kind of and that you know that just within the past year that's really been something i finally figured out yeah and that seems like yeah that's would be the probably the only body type that no one would want to have sex with you like a corpse but some people oh yeah yeah then Then you open yourself up to a whole new group of people (sighs) i'm looking for a necrophiliac who's also a necromancer i want you to fuck me back to life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i'll kill you and that's very specific it's a specific fetish yeah but honestly on the internet there there there's someone for everybody oh my gosh yeah there were uh I was once listed as a Hebrew hottie of the week. Spoiler, I'm not Jewish. Well, I am slightly Jewish. Who's Jewish? Um, I was, well, my ma, so I am, according to the the DNA, I am 2% Ashkenazi oh. through my mother's mother's side. So if we're going by that rule, you could say, Sarah, you're Jewish, claim it. And I'm like, that's great. Um, but uh, I'm also like a shit ton Arab and Druze, and there's a lot in there. So I'm not really like picking my spiritual cultural mm-hmm. alignment yeah. based on that. But um, a lot of people think that I'm Jewish um, because they have an idea of like what a Jew looks like and I fit that. And so I was once picked for this like fetish website that was called Let's Eiffel Tower This Bitch. And it was about (gasps) double penetrating a girl. And they had, but they had a special category just for Jews. No. And I was honored as one. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I'm also on a Tumblr. Uh, I don't remember. I haven't looked it up in a while. Let's Eiffel Tower Tower that bitch. bitch. And also, um, I'm obsessed with, I haven't checked it in a while. I have to check my rating. There's this foot fetish site with like 3 million subscribers. WikiFeet? Hell yeah. You're on it probably. I'm sure you're on it. Yeah, me and Rachel Bloom have talked about it and I like to check and see how I'm doing. How are you doing? Um, I don't know. I haven't checked it in a while. I was explaining, I was... I was at a party, and this is who I was talking to. I was talking to Susanna Hoffs, who's amazing. Yeah. And I was talking to Helen Fielding, who wrote Bridget Jones and all yeah. those books. And like when you first meet two people who are your heroes in different aspects of, of, of life, you probably shouldn't lead with this, but they're fucking cool. So we rolled with it. I was like, have you got, like we talked had about exchange pleasantries. And then I was like, have you guys heard of Wiki Feet? And they were like, what? I was like, <laughs> oh, we're going to look at it right now. <laughs> uh, Let's see what we Susanna are. Susanna Hobbs is definitely on Wiki Feet, right? She should be. I couldn't find her on it. Oh, weird. Which is weird because she should totally be on it. Yeah. Although I'm sure she wouldn't want to be, but like, I'm like. I mean, if Wiki Feet was at its, at its peak when, you know, she's from the Bengals, yeah? Hell yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she's she like a been, hot babe. She would have been number one. Yeah. No, she's like yeah. the hottest, talentedest babe. And then Helen is like super fine and gorgeous and like also sexy English accent to boot. And uh. so we were talking about, but it was, it, yeah, it's really funny that that, that exists. It's um, insane that that exists. Yeah. It, well, what's interesting about it is not to me, I think the foot fetish thing is like totally fine and cool. It's that they have a really rigid hierarchy within that site of like who's allowed to comment and what's allowed to happen. And if you, if they put up a photo of you that's, not that doesn't actually have enough feet in it or if the feet are blurred somebody can be kicked off the site for for violating the the terms of service i like that they have like extreme regulations for wiki feet somebody got upset very upset because somebody put up like a screenshot of rachel from like crazy ex-girlfriend 
Yeah. <laughs> and it was like some and people were arguing over whether it showed enough foot. And I totally like screenshot it and texted it to her. I was like, this is big. Oh, man. This, this is huge. This is big. And with somebody like that, you know, they've got a lot of red carpet photos. For me, it's a selfie I took wearing a sweatshirt that says gender roles gross on my parents deck in new jersey but i didn't have shoes on yeah and you didn't even know you're like <laughs> no. that's the weird part about wiki feet you're like i didn't know i was barefoot in that oh like i'm definitely am barefoot yeah. in that yeah that's yeah that's the weird thing about fetishists is that like you don't realize you're making pornography for people no mm-hmm. you're welcome and I'm like, yeah you're welcome you're it welcome, doesn't you, it, you know it doesn't feel violating to me to be on that site because me neither I, i'm just like oh okay feet? i don't care i yeah, do nothing not with them it's all Take stuff em. i put up nobody like hacked my feet photos like it's all stuff i put up in the world Uh, yeah real quick you asked me at the top of the show if i had any like uh updates about uh relationships or anything i forgot i do have one uh it's very niche um the closest thing i have to a relationship currently is there's a girl who has the same name as my ex-girlfriend who follows me on snapchat who has the coolest dog in the entire world (laughs) so she'll snapchat me pictures of her dog Uh. her dog's name is bort B-O-R-T. Oh, that's so a cool name. Cool. It's, he, uh, he's got like crazy pointy up like Is bad he ears. He's uh, black and white. Oh. He looks a little bit like the pit bull mix I fostered a couple oh. years ago. And his name's Bort. And I just get these and updates from this. That feels really solid to me. Yeah, that's with, a cute relationship. This girl with green hair from, I think, North Carolina. Oh, loves I love to show me Bort. On, I've got North Carolina right here oh, on my arm. I've got I like a tattoo. I love that tattoo. I'm going to go tattoo. there and I'm hang out with her. I'm going to get a Bort tattoo. Oh, my God. Bort is so, so awesome. cute. Yeah. That's the cutest is when your relationship, you're like, I don't think we have a relationship, but we do pass cute photos back and forth. Yeah, yeah. that's really kind of fun. It's yeah. that lasts for a minute. It, it would be weird to date somebody with the same. I have an ex-girlfriend with a really common name, and it would definitely be funny to date somebody with any. I dated someone named Sarah once, which was like very, <laughs> very weird during that's sex. That's so weird. Like say, imagine like dating a Steven who goes by Stevie and no, you have to say the name I during couldn't, sex. Couldn't. David. Also, imagine a David. Also might be kind of fun. Yeah, it was. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm queer or just like fucking egotistical. Like, I'm yeah. definitely a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's what this about. But she was just really cool. But yeah, that was weird. That isn't what broke us apart. I think yeah. she was like, bye, done with you. But um, but but the Sarah, yeah, calling someone. Everybody who's listening, just picture calling, calling out or like name. just saying someone's name, and they're like going down on you, and just really hold Oof. that hold that space. You know, I hope my mom's listening. Oh, I want Dave. her to think about that. Oh. Yeah, right. Saying that, Ugh. I can't say it. Well, shout out to uh. Kimber with a Y and the dog <laughs> Bert with an O. Hey, Kimber. Uh. <laughs> Kimber. Yeah, that's so great. Kimber. Oh, that's beautiful. To life. Oh man, is it time? Yep, we're doing the five questions. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. You want to read these? I think I've read them a couple times okay. in a row. I'll give you a few. Okay. Number one. <laughs> what's your favorite food? Pretzels, hot pretzels <gasps> from the streets. Soft pretzels. Nobody yeah. has with a, answered with like a that. Hot, with like a mustard. Sometimes, yeah. Do you ever do them with the like that. beer, the beer cheese sauce thing that they have? In- I've done it. I don't like beer that much, although I like learning about how it's made, mm. which is weird. But um, yeah, I do it sometimes with that. I like it. I'm I'm pretty open to like whatever anybody wants to give me with the pretzel. I'll consider yeah. putting on it. I'm I very pro these this sort of. New American cuisine overpriced place in the last couple of years introducing the pretzel as part of their menu. They do that at Hyperion Public. Exactly. I love it. I get it all the time. Precisely that. I grew up going to Philly a lot because we were in Jersey like halfway between Philly and New York and Philly was cheaper. And so uh, I would eat those pretzels. And I think that and, and also in Amish country, they had pretty awesome pretzels. And, and uh, so I think that, like, I'm thinking about going to the DNC in July 
which is in Philly. Yeah. And my primary reason beyond uh, civic engagement and like getting drunk with other people from Emily's List is <laughs> pretzels. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much that. Yeah. I only get them at Dodger games, and that's like one of my favorite places to go. I want. I've never been to a Dodger game. I want to go and eat a Dodger. Oh, dog. we should go. It's so fun. I would love that. Yeah, it's the most fun. Um, number two, do you believe in soulmates? Yes, but multiple ones. Yeah, yeah. that's the classic. I burn everything. Answer. Yeah, that's my, our favorite answer. My dad. Well, my dad told me that when he was when I was a teenager. He was like, Sarah, I found your mom, and she's my soulmate. And he was like, But if I died, I would want her to go on and find somebody else, and I think she could. And he was like, And I was like, and vice versa. He's like, No, I'm not thinking about that. He like didn't uh, want to think about my mom dying. I was Aww. like, That's a good quality in a dad that's slash a husband. Dad. But he was like, There's multiple people who can be right for you at multiple times in your life. I agree. Yeah. So I think that's I think it's absolutely true. I love that. Number three, what's your favorite thing to cook or bake for someone? Chocolate chip cookies, um, but usually we just end up eating the dough. Classic. Uh-huh. Possibly Be- while drinking bourbon mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I, I love that a lot. What's your favorite drink, number four? Uh, just, uh, I like bullet bourbon on the rocks right now and have for years. Yeah, um, somebody sent me a bunch of free bourbon from Kentucky. Shout out to Jacob Payne of the Kentucky Distillers Board. I love you. I'm coming to Louisville, and we're going to go to a gay club and drink bourbon. Why did he send you it? Uh, he's a reader and a supporter and an awesome human, the most generous person in the world, probably. Wow. He's also on the board of distillers, which sort of governs like what is true Kentucky bourbon. And he also knew I would post about it a ton, which I did. You have, yeah. They, everybody go to the Kentucky bourbon trail. They give you a little passport, and you go from distillery to distillery, oh, and you learn cool. about the history of it and, and sort of the economics and the social aspect. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. in Louisville? Mm-hmm. I love I Louisville. Go so bad. I love that place. Um, number five, one piece of advice that relates to food and or relationships that you would like to give our listeners. Say, for example, they asked you for it. It's not just unsolicited. Mm-hmm. I would say you don't have to have everything at once in love and in food. Whoa. Because <laughs> you. you might feel sick. <gasps> wow. How are people so good at this? I don't know. I would say that like, that's I would top, say... That's top five though. That oh, is. Good, it really good, is. Good, good. That's that. incredible advice. That's so oh, good. good. Well, it's... I think I, as someone who is... Any advice I give comes from all the times I've fucked up and like once in a while I get it right the first time and with that, yeah, I've tried to eat all of the food and I've tried to, you know, have all of the love and it doesn't work. But no. you can have some of it and you can have everything, just not all at once. Yeah, space I love that. Space that over time. Yeah, yeah. space You can out. take yeah. half the sandwich back with you and then that's your dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. You can, like, you don't but. have to, or, <laughs> but. you don't have to have sex on the first date if you don't want to. You can and it's great. I encourage it. Or not, depending on what you want. Uh, yeah. You can just you can just make out sometimes. Even if you always have sex on the first date, you can just kiss somebody or not on the first date next time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can go back to fucking or vice versa. It's great. Yeah. There Switch is, it up. Switch yeah. it up. Cross training. Yeah. CrossFit. <laughs> Are we going to call this CrossFit? Yeah, this is called CrossFit. Yeah, this is new CrossFit. And it's the only kind we endorse. <laughs> I know. CrossFit scares me so yeah, much. Yeah, it's the scariest. Every time I say anything negative about it, somebody emails me and is like, listen... Um, I just think it might really change your life. And I'm like, I know. you got to come out to the garage. Like messianic <laughs> Jews say that to me too. Jews for Jesus. I get that. Mm. Like I'm sure it would. People say the same thing about electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't trust anyone who's trying to recruit me for anything. If you want me somewhere, you don't get it. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> throw it out there. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll show up. Yeah. 
maybe hand me a flyer, but even then you're pushing it. Yeah, that's a little much. Yeah, the proselytizing stop. thing is intense. Stop, I don't need it. Get away from me. Um, where can people find you? Oh, well, uh, you can find me at sarahbenincasa.com. You can find me at Sarah J. Benincasa on Twitter and on Instagram. Medium.com slash at Sarah J. Benincasa is basically my live journal, yeah. uh, but it's Medium. Um, and uh, 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 oh yeah, uh, I do shows and stuff and I'm going to be in, I'm doing my first show in the United Kingdom, which Ooh. I'm excited about. I'm flying to London. I get there July 4th. Great. <laughs> That's fun. I know. It's, uh, my first That's show really there is, is July 4th. You know, I'm also going to be there. I'm going to be speaking at Cambridge University in November uh four days before our general election. Wow. So I'm just like all important U.S. holidays in 2016. I got to go over Somewhere there. Somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm going to be doing a show called Romantic Misadventure and that will be at the Black Heart uh, wow. Pub and Rock Club in Camden at 7.30 p.m. in London, which is something else here. Yeah. Go, guys. Go. Do it. That Get like her done. Show. Go. Yeah. And buy Real Artists Have Day Jobs. My new yeah. book. Buy her book. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I might have one for you, actually. Really? I have to check in my purse and see if I brought one. I will take it. I will take it and read it. I love reading. Um, Thanks, guys, by the way. This has been wonderful. Oh, please. Thanks for for having me. You're the most wonderful. Your piece of advice may be a life changer. Uh, (laughs) Now it's time for you to break up with us. Oh, my God. Okay. Guys, this has been really great, and this has definitely been an awesome time in our lives. Um, I don't think I don't think it needs to go on any further. Sometimes I think it's like, why don't we just like capture this moment in like you know, and and like in a fucking snow globe and look at it, and then we come out, and whoa, I'm an autistic kid in a hospital, and it's the end of a prized series, or is it? I don't know. The point is, I gotta go eat dinner somewhere. Mm. Mm. So you're saying you don't want to? Hmm. So you want to put us in a snow globe? Um, I want to, I, I mean, I want to have sex with both of you, but, um, and, and you as well, but, uh, I all, I need to eat dinner, you know? Right, right, okay. right, right. Okay. Oh, well, okay. So, um, so it's like hi- hierarchy of needs, okay. you know, like Maslow, yeah. Maslow. Like food. Oh, sure, right. Sure. right. Okay. I'm okay but with that. But you're awesome. And I want you to just be happy. What about you, Dave? You okay with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel liberated. I feel comfortable. You're, you're free. I don't feel like obsessing, uh, social media stalking. Wow. I don't. We don't even have to delete each other. I don't no, even feel, I feel like cool I need to send it. any inappropriate text messages. Wow, this was a nice breakup. Wow, this was great. Uh, well, I'm gonna ruin it by doing Stevie's least favorite thing. Yeah. Guys, go to iTunes, rate us, leave a review. It really does help. Mm-hmm. I care. Stevie doesn't give a shit. I'm gonna choose to care today. <gasps> Do it. I care. Everything subscribe. is going my subscribe way. Okay, to us. then I'm yeah. Subscribe. Wait, then you say it, Stevie. They listen to you. You guys listen to me. Subscribe. Leave some comments, rate us, give us high ratings. We do this for you. Yeah, you do it for fun and for love yeah. and for goodness. I'm going to subscribe and I'm going to tell everybody else to subscribe <gasps> as well. <laughs> this is Yay. like Christmas <laughs> for a little sad baby like me. Hey, hey, we did it, guys. Good job, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Thank Stevie. You. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, Goodbye. let's get out of here. Network.